With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the On The Banks podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Lance Glenn. Hello, everyone. I am, of course, your host, Lance Glenn, and this is episode 36 of the On The Banks podcast. If you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore G11. And, of course, you can follow On The Banks on Twitter as well at OTB underscore SB Nation. If you want to listen to any of our previous episodes, such as episode 35 with Anthony Ashnault and Nick Soriano, episode 31 with Jerry Carino, episode 20 with Todd Frazier, or any other, you can find them on Apple Podcast and Stitcher. Just search On The Banks Podcast. You can find them on SoundCloud. Just search OTB underscore SB Nation. And of course, you can find all of our episodes at onthebanks.com. We are in full gear with spring sports. The sun is out. We're starting to see 70 degrees. The winter season has come and gone, and we are even making our way to previewing a little bit of the fall sports, such as football and men's and women's soccer. For all coverage of every Rutgers program in their current season or the offseason, make sure to go to onthebanks.com. Episode 36 comes right after a big Rutgers men's lacrosse win over then-fourth-ranked Ohio State. Because of the Big Ten win, and as the Scarlet Knights aim to get into the Big Ten tournament, I am pleased to be joined by the head coach of Rutgers lacrosse, Brian Brecht. Rutgers defeated Ohio State 14-6 in Columbus, tying the highest-ranked road win in Rutgers history. It was an impressive feat going uh, to Ohio, and most importantly for the Scarlet Knights, they're now 1-0 in the Big Ten. Now remember, getting into the Big Ten tournament in lacrosse is much different than really in any other major Big Ten sport, where really everyone gets in. There are only six teams in the conference. Rutgers, Penn State, Maryland, Michigan, Ohio State, and Johns Hopkins. Only the top four teams get into the Big Ten tournament. Rutgers getting that first win in conference play against Ohio State puts the Scarlet Knights uh, really ahead of the proverbial eight ball and gives them a leg up on their opponents. Everyone only plays each other once, so every game means everything as teams try to continue into the postseason. It was a big win for the Scarlet Knights, going up 6-1 and really never looking back, like I said, winning 14-6. They have more opportunities ahead. You have Johns Hopkins, Maryland, Michigan, and then Penn State to finish out the season. And as you'll listen to the interview you'll realize Coach Brecht and this team are not taking anything for granted. They're not overlooking anyone. They're taking one practice and one game at a time as they try to once again secure a spot in Big Ten postseason play and give themselves an opportunity to make the NCAA tournament. Time to talk to the coaches. Here's your host, Lance Glenn. He has led his team to a 6-4 and four record, a top 20 ranking, and most recently a victory over fourth-ranked Ohio State, 14-6. to six. This victory tied for the highest-ranked road win in program history. I am now pleased to be joined by the head coach of Rutgers men's lacrosse, Brian Brecht. Coach, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and giving me some of your time. Congrats on the big win this past weekend. 
Thank you. I appreciate you having me. So, Coach, let's talk about that Ohio State win to start. You know, going into Columbus, obviously a tough place to play. Ohio State is a team obviously vying to get into the NCAA tournament, just like yourselves. You know, I look at the score and it wasn't really that close. 14-6, to you guys really played well. You got down one nothing. You rung off six straight goals to make it 6-1, and you really didn't look back from there. What impressed you most about your team going on the road and picking up such a huge win like that? I think first and foremost it started with the week of practice. Uh, I really thought that uh, uh, we were locked in and uh, we competed uh, pretty hard uh, against each other in, in drill work and in, in preparation for Ohio State. And uh, you know it was a it was a fun week. Uh, you know, the guys battled, got after it. They sunk their teeth into the game plan, and uh, you know I, I think it's probably the the best uh, sixty minute game and performance we've been able to uh, put together this year so far. So uh, I was very pleased with uh, the effort from offense to defense to the specialties. And uh, you know, I was happy for them uh, at the end of the game that they were able to have such a great week of practice and, uh, and then obviously uh, come through and back it up on game day. Now, you mentioned the defense, Max Edelman, obviously, in goal, and he, as well as the rest of the the defense, they, I thought they were stellar. You know, he had 17 saves against the Buckeyes. Uh, the unit held Ohio State to only six goals, their lowest total of the season. What did the defense and Edelman in goal do against Ohio State to really limit their potent offense? And, you know, overall this season, what's kind of been your assessment of how Edelman and the D have played? I think first and foremost, I think we got a, a couple of seniors, and Max uh, in particular, a fifth-year senior captain for us that's really been locked in and, uh, and focused, uh, and, and he's certainly playing very loose and, uh, and enjoying that the extra year of eligibility that he has, and uh, you know he's been uh, he's been lights out for us, uh, um, you know, the whole time he's been in there. Uh, you know, obviously a little injury to start the year, uh, and, and we've been banged up with a couple of guys. Mark Cristiano had to sit out a couple of games uh, a few weeks ago, and you know, having a Mark Cristiano, uh, I think who's a you know a, a shutdown short stick D midi, and you know Kyle Pless, another senior who is playing lights out and uh, really. Uh, you know, has, has grown into the position, moving them from uh, LSM to uh, to now close defense. So you have uh, three seniors right there that have, have really, uh, you know, been you know playing playing pretty well, not only in practices but on game day. And then you you know you have uh, you know Garrett Bullock and Garrett Michaelai. You know, so uh, I think they've certainly started to gel and uh, come together as a unit. And uh, yeah, I think. You know, the added conference scheduling has, has tested us. Uh, I think uh, some of the young guys, and uh, whether it's uh, you know freshmen that are that are new to this level of play, or whether it's uh, even uh, returning guys that are you know sophomores and juniors uh, that are getting their uh, first opportunity to play on game day at this level. Uh, you, know, you know, the last couple of months and the out of season, out of you know conference games have certainly helped them prepare. And, uh, this is when we got to be playing our best lacrosse, and you know, one game is not going to define the season, good or bad. And, uh, but we're happy to be one and zero, and having a week to prepare for another road uh, test that we're going to have at uh, Hopkins this weekend. Now, Coach, you mentioned the non-conference, and you played a difficult one. You know, Army, obviously, you played Loyola, who, when you played them, was ranked number one in the country. And you mentioned how that helps, uh, you know, the young guys kind of grow. And although you lost uh, against Loyola, how much did that game help? Because you got to play, you know, a top-notch program in Loyola that'll very well uh, most likely be in the NCAA tournament. And it gave those young guys experience earlier in the season to kind of get their feet wet and experience what, you know, big-time NCAA lacrosse is i think uh all our 
non-conference games have tested us, and uh, you know we've had to, uh, you know, be good enough on that day. We've had to earn everything, uh, you know, uh, as uh, as we've gone through the season. So, uh, you know, the season's only going to get tougher from here on out. Uh, the Big Ten, I think, is a bear, and uh, each week, uh, whether you're on the road or at home, you, know, you got to be laser focused. You got to come ready to play, and uh, you know. You, you, you got to play for the whole 60 minutes. So uh, there's, there's no let-ups in this conference. So otherwise, uh, you know, you, you're not guaranteed to have success. So, uh, you know, the challenging uh, out-of-conference schedule, I think, has allowed us to understand that, you know, we've had some good moments. Uh, I don't think we started out uh, the way we would have liked against Loyola, but once we settled in, uh, I thought we handled ourselves well. But by then, uh, you know, uh, too little, too late. So uh, I think they're realizing that it's not the first five minutes or the middle five minutes or the last five minutes that they got to come alive. They got to, they got to play hard and they got to be focused and locked in for the whole 60 minutes. So, you know, you mentioned it. While this is a great win for the program against Ohio State, you know, you can't define your season based off of one win. There are, are obviously some equally as big tests coming up. Now, before we get to those, I'm just curious about how you and your staff kind of have the players respond to a big win like this. You know, some coaches, they think that's best to, you know, let the players celebrate, soak it in, while others believe that as soon as it's over, the players should have their minds on the next one. How have you and your staff coached the players to kind of react to a big win like this? You know, what's their mentality this week after a big win with, you know, like you said, equally big games coming? Well, we got back to campus on Sunday. Uh, you know, I uh, I congratulated them again. I was proud of them, and uh, I told them to enjoy it. You know, they earned it, and uh, that's a great road win. And uh, you know, they certainly uh, worked hard. For it. Uh, but uh, you know, Monday was a day off for us. Uh, you know, and then obviously, uh, you know, we had to flush it and uh, get ready to you know put our sights on the next challenge that we have. And, uh, you know, I'm not gonna lie to you. You know, I, I didn't think today was very very good certainly wasn't as good as the days we had last week preparing for Ohio State so uh, it'll be interesting to see how they respond um, you know with a few choice words that I had and my comments uh, after today's effort and you know we got a uh, we got three more days but we got to button it up and we got to flush this one and and move forward because uh, I'm sure uh, Johns Hopkins is not you know they don't care that uh you know that we beat Ohio State on the road so uh, they're, they're looking forward to uh, hosting us and uh, we got to be ready and be prepared for everything we're going to get so let's talk about you know the next couple of games. Johns Hopkins obviously coming up. Then you take on second rank Maryland. Uh, but before we get to them, you know, before we get to them, you mentioned it. There are really no games in Big Ten lacrosse that are easy. You know, every game is a real slugfest. You got to play all sixty minutes of every game if you want to win. So when you go into a game like Johns Hopkins, just talk about what they do so well and what you really have to prepare for in order to play all sixty minutes and hopefully come out with a W. Well, I mean, you know, tradition-wise, they got some uh, talented players that they're able to attract in the recruiting efforts, and uh, uh, certainly uh, coaching-wise, uh, you know, they're, they're well coached, and uh, you know, they play extremely well on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. They have a plan for everything, and um, you know, we're going to have to understand who they are. Uh, we're going to have to understand who we are. I think first and foremost. So, uh, you know, that's a that's a big part of our preparation, especially early in the week, is making sure we know what we're. Doing doing, uh, you know, with the different sets and systems that we want to play and then, you know, start to understand their the knowns and the tendencies and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, be able to, uh, you know, play to the best of our abilities, uh, you know, for the 60 minutes that we're given. But, you know, uh, it's, it's, you know, listen, uh, uh, 
you know, we're happy to get the first one under our belt, but, you know, back-to-back road games uh, in the in the Big Ten Conference, uh, um, you know, all games are a bear. And uh, I think history has shown that, uh, you know, the home team is, uh, you know, has the advantages. So, um, you know, we gotta we got to make sure we can, uh, you know, strap it on again and, uh, you know, focus in on our opponent, take care of ourselves and, and travel well and, uh, you know, be able to execute on game day. Going back quickly to that Ohio State game, look, Ohio State obviously took a one nothing lead, but your team then scored the next six. Five of them were scored by a combination of Kieran Mullins, uh, Adam Charlambitis, and Ryan Gallagher. You know, Mullins finished with eight points, Gallagher with five, and Charlambitis had three goals. How assuring is it this whole season that you have the uh, three guys like them that can really create offensive offense themselves and guys that can really get a run started to bring you guys to a very early lead like they did against Ohio State? Well, I, I think it, it goes back to you know the first you know uh, when you asked me about Max. I mean, you know, having you know 17, 18, 19 saves uh, by Max uh, certainly helps our transition. And uh, you know, the one thing that you know I think you're starting to see is uh, you know the attack jelly getting comfortable with one another. You know, uh, Adam uh, you know didn't play for the last two years, was out in the fall. You know, Ryan Gallagher was a big part of our success last year coming out of the midfield. And I think uh, you know having Adam, uh, Kieran is certainly the you know the guy that's been down there for the last three years, uh, and then uh, Ryan moving down there uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know, you saw a little chemistry starting to take place uh, this past week, and uh, you know we need that to continue. Uh, you know, uh, as we kind of you know go through the Big Ten schedule. And you know, we we mentioned obviously the Johns Hopkins game coming up. Uh, after that, you have second ranked Maryland. You have you know top ranked Penn State going down the road. Do you ever worry, I guess, because the Big Ten schedule is so tough and there's so many ranked teams on it and so many teams that, you know, have a shot at really winning a national title, do you ever worry about your players potentially ever overlooking an opponent? Not that you'd ever overlook a Johns Hopkins, but, you know, maybe earlier in the season, overlooking an opponent to just look towards the big teams that you play in the Big Ten schedule because, you know, I, I as a player, if I was, I'd find it hard not to seeing Penn State and a team like Maryland on your schedule every year. I think that's as a coach, you're always concerned during some parts of the season. I don't think that's the case for us right now. Uh, the guys in the locker room know that uh, each Big Ten game is uh, is is so important. And uh, right now, to be quite honest with you, our, our guys are only looking at Johns Hopkins. They're only focused on you know getting better at tomorrow's practice and and making sure uh, you know they're not looking ahead. You know, the only thing that you know I'm. Ex- about it. You know, we do have alumni appreciation day uh, on April 20th. So, uh, you know, our alumni support has been outstanding. I think the kids in the locker room, you know, know how much the alumni care about them. So, uh, uh, I, I want to make sure our alumni are back on campus for April 20th. But other than that, our guys are just taking care of themselves this week and are just focused on Johns Hopkins. So let's talk about the end of the season. You know, to close it out, you have Senior Day at home against Michigan on April 20th. Then you traveled, of course, to Happy Valley to take on top-ranked Penn State. You have a bunch of seniors on this squad and, of course, are led by guys like Max Edelman, Casey Rose, to name a few. But for the senior class as a whole, how much have they meant to this program over the last four and five years? And how important is it for the young guys to step up so that these seniors finish their Rutgers careers with two big wins? I tell you what, I've, I've given a lot of uh, credit, and deservingly so, to our last year's graduating class in 2018. They really, uh, from top to bottom, for their four years, really allowed Rutgers to, to be in a position that we're in right now. This senior class right now that's going to graduate in another month, 
Uh, you know, they've been uh, a part of only having success, um, you know, uh, here while at Rutgers. So, uh, you know, it's it's been fun to see them uh, enjoy, uh, you know, what some of the other guys have paved the way for. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, it, it's it's a different era of Rutgers across, you know, as you're seeing in in, uh, in in some of the games across the landscape nationally is uh, it's not your father's lacrosse anymore. And you got to come ready to play whether you're at home on the road uh, because everyone's got players. You know, uh, you know, every program is is uh, developing a game plan. And if you just go through the motions, uh, you know, you're going to have some regrets and, and be disappointed. So you got to be focused, locked in. And, and prepared to go every time out. It's a short season. You know, half the season is gone already. Uh, you know, the exciting part is that, you know, we wiped the slate clean last week and we have to start fresh with the Big Ten and, and we're in a good situation right now. But there's a long season and there's, there's going to be a, a battle every week. And, uh, you know, the only thing we're focused on right now is Johns Hopkins and, and hopefully getting better at tomorrow's practice. So what is also so important for this team, obviously, is, is finishing in the top uh, four of the Big Ten with, with Rutgers this year hosting the Big Ten tournament. You know, I'm sure you're not thinking that far in advance, as you've mentioned, but I know you'll agree that getting there and having home field advantage, as you mentioned before, you know, teams are more likely to win at home than they are on the road. Getting that home field advantage that you'd have if you make the Big Ten tournament, it'd be a real big boost for the squad to potentially make noise in the conference tournament. Yeah, obviously uh, our staff and our players uh, are well aware that we host the Big Ten tournament. Uh, they understand... Uh, what needs to be done to uh, uh, capture a, a berth in that tournament with only the top four teams making it. Uh, we've addressed it uh, in the fall. We've addressed it, uh, you know, once the spring season started. But, uh, you know, that's it. Uh, you know, they know we're done talking about that, and it's uh, about doing right now, not not talking about it. So, uh, you know, it's 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 well understood, and we got to take care of business uh, uh, with each game right now uh, to be able to have that opportunity. And, you know, going forward even then, I know you're not going to like that I asked this question too, but speaking of the tournament, I think the NCAA lacrosse tournament is one of the hardest to make. You know, only 17, te- only 17 teams get in, nine automatic bids, obviously winning their conferences, and eight chosen afterwards. You know, unfortunately didn't make it last year, and I think the last few years you guys have honestly gotten snubbed from it. I thought you should have been in a couple years ago too. Is that kind of in the back of you and your players' minds this year? And how can you kind of use that snubbing as motivation to ultimately achieve the goals you want to this season? Well, once again, uh, you know, the nice thing about the, you know, college athletics and the landscape of uh, conference tournaments is that you take care of business and you win your conference tournament. Um, a committee you know, cannot snub you or uh, look past that. So um, in the past, we probably had to have uh, either scored one more goal or uh, won one more game. And that didn't happen. And, uh, you know, we really don't talk about that all. That's over and done with. Uh, uh, you know, there's no use, uh, you know, spending time on things that you have no control over. So we have a control over, uh, you know, taking care of Big Ten conference games from here on out and, uh, and putting ourselves in a tournament that we host. And then obviously uh, competing, uh, you know, over the course of the weekend to, uh, you know, secure that bid. Um, you know, we had a great non-conference schedule. Uh, we probably let a few games uh, slip slip by a little bit, uh, but we got a, a fresh start, a new look, and uh, we need to take care of ourselves right now. And uh, and that's all we can control. And it was just uh, getting better in practice every day and, uh, and making sure we take care of uh, uh, the 60 minutes uh, in conference games that we have now. 
We've talked about uh, in this interview, obviously, Karen Mullins earlier, Adam Charlambitis, Max Edelman, Ryan Gallagher, and of course a few others. But from those we haven't discussed, who are one or two guys that people don't necessarily talk about too much that have really stepped up this year, impressed you, and, and made a big impact this season to help the team? Yeah, I think you know we have a, a lot of knowns coming back. Uh, you know, you mentioned uh, you know Brian Gallagher's uh, move from midfield to attack. I, I think is has uh, been uh, you know very good for our program, and and uh, and that's that certainly is uh, uh, going well. Uh, like I said, uh, Cal Pless going from LSM to close defense has is, is certainly has helped us. Uh, greatly, and uh, you know, getting uh, you know uh, Zach Frankowiak back. He was uh, part of our program in 2016 when we made the uh, the Big Ten tournament, and uh, he took two years off for a, for a, a mission, and uh, to have him back in the lineup. Um, along with uh, you know some other guys, you know, like I said, uh, some of the older guys in our program that are playing on game day for the first time in in uh, impact positions, you know, Owen Mead and and um, and Rob Marin, uh, two juniors that have you know uh, really stepped up their game, and uh, we're going to need them to continue to elevate their level of play as we uh, head through the month of April. Coach, a couple more before I let you go. Kind of talk about the coaching staff around you. You know, Dan Kochi is obviously your defensive coordinator. Eric Saramet is your offensive coordinator. Between them and the guys behind the scenes, how much easier do they make your job, you know, during practice, on game day, in the offseason? How much do they help you, and how beneficial is it for you to have them by your side? I've been very fortunate. I think uh, uh, over the past couple of years, uh, I've had some uh, great assistant coaches that have done a good job, you know, developing our personnel and uh, and, and getting the program to the level that it's at right now. And, uh, and certainly, uh, as your program grows and um, you know you're able to attract, uh, you know, even better. Uh, assistants or more seasoned, I would say, experienced guys right now with, with both Dan and, and Eric. So they have uh, the experience that they've had uh, over the years, uh, um, you know, that they've had in their careers and, and being able to talk shop in the office and, and, and obviously bounce ideas off each other, but also have uh, a lot of experiences uh, in certain situations to play out of, uh, to experiment with, with practice and the personnel that we have, I think has uh, been very helpful for the you know development of, of this year's team and and um and as we kind of you know gel and, and grow as a program but um uh, been very thankful for uh uh from you know jim mitchell to john gorman and um you know rob camposa and jesse bernhardt we've had some uh, uh pretty good young professionals over the last couple of years and uh you know and certainly excited to, that dan and um and eric uh, joined us this year to continue that last one coach so you know we obviously we talked about the big 10 tournament talked about the ncaa tournament getting over that hump and get and giving yourself a chance to to win a national championship you know we talked about the last few years put that aside looking at this season now from the beginning of the season to the ohio state game now going into johns hopkins what are some of the things this team has to do to get over that hump to get a win against johns hopkins to keep this win streak going and to ultimately put yourself in a position uh in a couple weeks to make the big 10 tournament at home and then you know hopefully make the ncaa tournament down the road what are a couple things this team needs to continue to do to continue to improve on in order to put themselves in that position I know this is a podcast and you can't see my face, but I'm I'm smiling a little bit. I'm gonna be honest with you. We need to, we need, we need to practice a lot better tomorrow. Is what we and and we need to focus on Johns Hopkins. I mean, all that other stuff, you know, doesn't mean anything if we can't back up the success we had uh, on Sunday uh, this week in practice and get better and uh, and have a, a 
great opportunity when the whistle blows on Saturday. So uh, you know, we're, uh, you know, this is a this is a little bit of a, a new era. Um, you know, I'm very thankful for last year's graduating class and and some of the guys like Scott Beaton, Sakura, and Will Mangan that have uh, you know been in that locker room and has, has helped us get here. But uh, at the end of the day, these guys haven't experienced uh, you know uh, you know a postseason NCAA game, uh, let alone a winning postseason NCAA game. So uh, let's just you know, have a good practice tomorrow because uh, that's that's really what's on my mind because today was not very impressive. So we got to handle success, we got to handle disappointment, and then keep on growing each day. And uh, you know, if, if that's the case, then I think we'll be just fine uh, at, at the end of April and and heading into the month of May. Well, you know what they say, Coach. If you just do the right thing each day, every day, you know, everything else will kind of work itself out. Rutgers Lacrosse takes on Johns Hopkins and Maryland on the road. They then return to Piscataway for their final home game of the season against Michigan on April 20th. Coach, thanks so much for coming on, giving me some of your time. Good luck the rest of the way and, of course, into the postseason. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, thanks so much for your time tonight and uh, look forward to talking to you soon. I want to thank Coach Brecht for coming on the podcast to talk about the big win over Ohio State as well as some big opportunities that are coming up for Rutgers. You know, it was great beating Ohio State, but Coach Brecht said it best. He mentioned that one game is not going to define their season. This Ohio State win is not going to be the highlight of their year, if everything, of course, goes well. It was a big win, but every game, no matter who it is against going forward, it means the same thing. We're in Big Ten play now. It all means the same. In a five-game Big Ten schedule, everyone is fighting to make postseason play. Rutgers, Maryland, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, and Johns Hopkins, they all have the same goals, and in a season with only 14 total games, Big Ten, and non-conference, all it takes is one game to really hurt the Scarlet Knights' chances of advancing into postseason play. Coach Brecht mentioned the one-practice, one-game-at-a-time mentality. You know, it was great to beat Ohio State, but the game against Johns Hopkins really is the most important one going forward because it is the next one. Not the game against Maryland afterwards, or Michigan on Senior Day, or Penn State in the season finale. The next game is the most important one of the season, because the next game could be the difference between moving on into the postseason, or going home and wondering what happened. Rutgers lacrosse has had a solid season so far, sitting at 6-4, and 1-0 in the Big Ten, with more opportunities on the horizon. They host the Big Ten tournament, a big home field advantage if the team gets there. We obviously hope they do. We as fans and people listening to this podcast, we hope we get to see some Rutgers Big Ten Tournament Lacrosse here on the Banks. Follow On the Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On the Banks Podcast.